0: Welcome in everybody to yet another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. This time you're hearing the correct uploaded version. Uh, shout out to the uh, handful of people who got to hear me and Frank's pre-show uh, tradition of me absolutely butchering intros. Uh, shocked that I, I, you know, that that was not explicit, and uh, that I'm honestly still here today to record this next episode because I would have swore that. I would have said something to get me fired in that. In I that can't time believe spend. you
1: didn't. I can't believe you didn't. Usually, there's a lot of <laughs> explicitives that are said, especially when a, I
0: mess up like I did. A lot of,
1: lot of explicitives, you know. But hey, man, we made it.
0: <laughs> we made it. We're here. It's Tuesday. Uh, NBA free agency is getting started on Thursday at three o'clock local time. Uh, that will be our main focus for today's episode. Uh, just kind of going through all the ins and outs of, uh, you know, just kind of getting everyone ready for, uh, for what the Kings are not about to do in free agency, I guess. But we'll, we'll get to that more later. Uh, first off, Frank, how are you doing? Uh, hello, Chris. Just came I'm off from a nice
1: little uh, mini vacay, right? I did. I went to Tahoe. Uh, my brother, he is in the Air Force. He is home visiting. So the family was all together. Had a great time in Tahoe. Uh, ate a lot of food. Had a lot of beverages. I won't say of, of which variety, but had a lot of beverages. So it was a good time. Not that sunburnt. I'm actually I'm doing okay. Shocker. And uh, we are going to Vegas next week, as we talked about last week. We will be in Las Vegas for NBA Summer League. So You will get burned there. I, I figured I should probably try to get somewhat of a base, but with my complexion, uh, a, there's no such thing as a base. I just get more freckles. I get more burnt. I do not have the Italian skin that uh, my last name might portray, but uh, I'm doing good. I'm feeling excited. I'm, I was going to ask you, mm. are you more excited for the free agency trade part of the offseason, or are you, were you more excited for the draft? Because the draft was like the—I think we all yeah. kind of hyper-focused on the draft for, what, two months?
0: Uh Yeah, and now, yeah a month and some change, I would say. Now yeah. it's
1: over, and <clears throat> I'm just wondering, if you had to kind of take—it's kind of a biased take now because we're going into free agency, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a—now we're, we're painting to this corner, but— Are you more excited for this part, or were you more excited for the draft uh, process?
0: Definitely the draft. I mean, free agency typically hasn't been a place where the Kings really do much of anything. Um, And, I mean, now, I guess I can. Since the draft was so uneventful, uh, I will say it makes me more excited for this season because, uh, you know, I was expecting Harrison Barnes, maybe Rashawn Holmes. Um, Point is, just a lot of moves to be made on draft night. And so that was a big part of the anticipation, the hype. Uh, and then for it to end up being a dud, uh, I should say a dud, but uh, for them to only come, come out with one player and not, you know, an entire new starting lineup uh, after the draft uh, is, is reason to be excited for free agency. I mean, the, the this, there's no way, uh, well, I shouldn't say no way, but I Have a hard time believing that the Kings are going to go into next season, pretty much running it back with the same roster they had next year, last year. Um, I can't imagine Harrison Barnes, Dante Divincenzo, Rashawn Holmes, uh, you know, even Terrence Davis. You know, I don't, I don't think that core of guys is going to be there next. Core of rotation guys is going to be there. Uh, to start next season, so I, you know, the only other option is for them to get traded now, so uh, or in this in this free agency period. So, in typical Chris fashion, I answer uh, both,
1: but um, no, you you took a stance. Okay, you you <laughs> definitely you definitely said you're more excited for the draft, which that's fair because again, you all these big deals go down around the fourth of July. I think the Kevin Durant news yep. was was broken that will f-
0: forever be scarred. In my life, I will always oh, yeah. remember
1: Fourth of July is free agency Bogey. time. Boogie was the third, my birthday, but Whew. it it was that third fourth window. Uh, LeBron James announced he was going back to Cleveland on the Fourth of July, I believe, that morning uh, in twenty fourteen. So, the Kings are never really a part of that big news. I think the biggest news I remember the Kings having in free agency was I want to say the Dwayne Reg- Dwayne <laughs> the Rajon Rondo news. I feel like was the most talked about. When they signed him, it was a one-year, $9 million deal, and yeah. people all lost their minds. And then a day later, they went and emptied the bank on
0: Perron Car- right? Butler,
1: yeah. Bellinelli, Costa Kufis. Am I forgetting anybody? Omri Caspi brought him back, um, I think.
0: That sounds right.
1: So they they yeah. emptied the clip on, on those guys, so that's fantastic. What a that great move. so well. The salary dump of 2015 with Vladi devot sending every—I think it was Nick Stauskas— Jason Thompson, Jason Thompson to,
0: Carl Landry. Yep. To Carl Landry was a big salary piece there.
1: To, for something. Marco Bell and Costa Cufas. And Rondo. And Rondo, which was fun. But, no, the, the, the big moves never really happened. I mean, uh, this isn't really a free agency move, but the Kings are already making moves. Today, we, uh, we we got the news that Trey Lyles is going to be back next season. He will be Well, at least he is under contract with the Kings for next season. The Kings are going to exercise his $2.6 million contract for this year. Uh he was pretty good for the Kings last season. He was a starting power forward, which I don't think anyone really anticipated once once the deal was made that he was gonna be a starter or play at all. But uh over twenty four games he averaged ten point six points, five point six rebounds, shot a little bit under thirty seven percent from three and forty nine percent from the field. All things considered, he was a, a surprise, also eighty five percent from the free throw line. I think he was pretty good. I think he was one of the brighter spots down the closing stretch of the season if there were any, how miserable the Kings were to watch over the past, the last two months of the year. But do do you think this is the right move to bring back Trey Lyles for, for one more year?
0: Absolutely. I think uh, Trey is a guy that you get a lot of value from, uh, especially with his, his low contract. I think it's, what is it, uh, $2 million or something like two, that? 2.6. 2.6. Uh, that's an incredibly low contract. I mean, you're just not going to find uh, that kind of production or that kind of uh, a steady base Uh, For somebody for that low, I mean, I think that's kind of more what you're paying for. For Trey is is just uh, a steadying presence, a guy that you know what you're going to get when you put him in. And uh, you know, we saw we saw this year. I think it was in the Oklahoma City game. uh, He was able to put up 20 points in a game. You know, he he's a kind of guy who uh, he's not ever going to you know demand the ball or or uh, you know the offense run through him. But he's still capable when his shot is falling to be a really productive guy and. Uh, You know, at his size, he's really versatile, can play at the 3 and the 4, mainly in the 4 for sure, but, um, you know, just just a really solid piece and a guy that I think uh, the Kings should try and retain because uh, he's one of the rare people who is, I think, okay with the role that he has.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his game log, he kind of went crazy. He did, no, he really did. Like the last, I want to say, let me pull it up, I think last 20 games? Yes. Last 20 games, 12.1 points, 6.4 rebounds. One and a half assists, but that that's a guy that just
0: completely went on an absolute tear. What you up, Jay? Pod? Yes, yes. Jay's we'll crashing crash the pod.
1: Well, days are you guys at Summer League, I need
0: to get you Jay <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah. uh, uh We will be, let me check right now. No, it's
1: it's it's July 8th through 13th. Frank has this written in his calendar. It's 8th through 13th. 8th so through the 13th. Basically, that means we need 8, 9, or no, I'm sorry, 9, 10, 11, 12th. I'm just going to put eight through the 13th. Okay, perfect. So. Enjoy the rest of your power forward. Mike. Justin Marshall, <laughs> Justin Jay <laughs> Mars, everybody. <laughs> everybody. Coming on down with the Vegas news. So, uh, Trey Lyles, though, uh, really had a great run that last month. I think that kind of is what earned his contract, that earned his spot on the, the Kings next year for now because while part of me is saying, hey, the Kings need depth at the power forward position, the other half of me is saying, now the Kings have another $2.6 million easy, tr- easily mm-hmm. tradable asset. Kind of like when you look at what Terrence Davis makes about $4 million, Mo Harkless, $4 million, Alex Len 4 million. These are guys that are all easily can, they can be traded or tacked on to a bigger deal where if the Kings are going to trade Harrison Barnes or Sean Holmes, these are now deals that can add up to to a specific salary or a yeah. number you need to meet. But uh on paper the Kings now their their for, power forward position it's probably probably Keegan Murray mm-hmm. and Trey Lyles. Yeah. I still think I'd like to see maybe another Player come in. Like if the Kings. Yeah, can, like a
0: flex kind of guy where he can play. If the Kings either. can
1: trade for John Collins or a, a starting power forward, like a really good starting power forward, mm-hmm. I feel a lot better having that depth opposed to Murray Lyles. I'd like more of a Collins Murray Lyles or Collins Lyles and Murray's playing three behind Barnes or whoever they have at small forward. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm not sure how you feel about that, but I'm not. I don't. I, I think yeah. that Lyles is best in a. Not playing like twenty five minutes per game, definitely. or whatever he was playing last. Definitely,
0: year. I think on a uh, you know on a on a playoff caliber team, Trey Lyles is getting very much spot minutes. Uh, kind of you know if if the uh, if the matchups dictate, then for sure uh, he's might you know he is absolutely a rotation player. He uh, he deserves to get minutes, um, but also you know there's you can definitely do uh, get a lot more talent than Trey Lyles for sure in your lineup. But um, again, I think. The, the beauty of Trey Lyles is just how solid he is and, and how uh defined his role is and you know he, he definitely knows what his limitations are. There was very few times last year where uh I th- I can't even really think of any time last year where I was like I think Trey is doing too much or like really looking for his own number. Like right what now. you see
1: with Chemezi Metu sometimes. I wasn't <laughs> gonna say it, but yeah. There I you mean, go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But uh no, I mean, like you said, exactly. Like, you nailed it. And Trey Lyles, for just to kind of look back at what he's done in his career, he's played for a lot of playoff teams, Utah, Denver, San Antonio. And on all those teams, he he rarely played over 20 minutes or averaged over 20 minutes per game. When you look at uh, his time in Utah, he averaged around 17 minutes per game. San Antonio, he he did about, I don't know, 20 minutes per game in 2019, 2020, but then uh, only 15 minutes per game in 2021. So, it's it's going to be interesting to see how he, how this all works out. I think what this does for the Kings is it brings them some flexibility as far as they have a player who I think would have gotten interest on the free agent market if the mm-hmm. Kings would have let him go. I think he would have gotten interest, and I think that he's someone that they could probably uh, use in in trade talks if if anything, um, or just have him be on the team for death next season. But it only helps to have him. The under only the thing
0: you mentioning that made me think. If Trey Lyles were to hit the open market, is he just a minimum contract?
1: Which is about probably at his point, I think it'd be about two point six
0: three. I think of, okay. like a vet man. I wasn't for him. sure what the, what the vet man is these days. I wasn't sure if it was like you know one point five or something. I mean, the it might. I'm more asking because, I mean, it, it's really like we're talking maybe one million dollars. But well, is he? going kind to of be overpaid i guess over market value it
1: goes by year so right now he's in his seventh year so he'd he'd make about 2.5 million which oh, is about the same yeah. thing for yeah. a vet men so he basically is on the vet men right gotcha. now
0: which is which is totally fine, again I mean, yeah that's
1: that's a that's a good deal yeah. that's a good deal it's years of experience uh this is going to be his seventh season uh so he'd make about 2.43 million so maybe uh, it's about a million less i guess if he was the sign of that And I
0: also want to say, like, the only reason why I think Trey Lyles is such an important piece for this team is because they are trying to win. I think if they were to take a realistic, uh, you know, a team that is just trying to build a young core, you know, a, how a typically rebuilding teams uh, like to build, I think that you should probably, in an ideal world, try and get a younger guy who you can maybe develop and become better than Trey Trey Lyles. But That's crazy. Uh, yeah, what's up? He's only twenty six. Yeah, for sure. I mean he was he uh I think he played with Willie and with um with Devin Booker and all of them. I, like he's he was in the for their Kentucky class. I
1: think I told you already that I envisioned I think I got him and again, completely different players, but I have the Spurs um it's like Spurs syndrome where I associate like a power forward or a big player on the Spurs like him and Boris Diaw like i just whoa I mixed no them Boris up a is little. like
0: 45 at yeah, this point <laughs> he's like an old,
1: old man but Trey Lyles is literally younger than i think both of us he's younger than you too november 95 so sure. uh also i did math a little bit wrong uh it's going to be his 8th season so he will be making exactly 2.6 million so, so it's, he's making the vet he's minimum. making the vet minimum so It's a good it's a good deal for the Kings. For sure, he would he would not probably be coming here if he was a free agent. I would imagine he would go. He can go anywhere else. I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah, if anyone else
0: can pay him the vet minimum, then yeah, he he can have his pick in the litter.
1: In a a floor spacing power forward, six nine two forty. I mean, we saw how physical he can get in the paint, and he did rebound pretty well. Uh, Per thirty six minutes, he's pulling down just under ten rebounds per game. So that's that's useful to have on the roster. So if anything, gives the Kings flexibility from a roster standpoint. They have some more depth at power forward, which is very, very weak. It's an Achilles' heel for them right now, and they have someone they can dangle in trade talks if they're the Kings trying to get rid of, I don't know, Mo Harkless or, or someone lower that they someone's interested in. They can say, "Hey, why don't you take back this guy, and we can maybe bring back someone that's making seven, eight million per year to combine those salaries." So, mm-hmm. uh, math. But Trey Lyles back the Kings, like we talked about, they do not have much cap flexibility. I am not a salary cap expert. I am not someone who knows a lot about the salary cap. So I did reach out to our good friend James Ham of the Kings Beat. Him and our friend Brendan Nunez, Sean Cunningham. They have a podcast. Make sure you check that out. I'm sure you have already, if you're a Kings fan that listens to podcasts. But uh, I had James kind of give me like a like a lesson on it, and
0: he kind of turned into a lecture. Well, he kind of (laughs) has he kind of has a leg
1: up on it though. He told me his his wife, uh, the beautiful Mrs. Ham. She is a lawyer. So he's like all these kind of phrases and kind of these technicalities. He gets it kind of laid out to him in a way that, you know, obviously he can understand because he's not a a lawyer. James Hamm's not a lawyer. James is an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Shout out James. No, I love James. Uh, But no, now I I have a general idea basically to kind of just put out uh, in summary, the Kings have no money. They're over the cap.
0: James' wife put it like this. The Kings have no money. They have no (laughs) money. Uh,
1: They're over the cap. Over the cap. Uh they, they I believe have an about nine, eight, nine million before they hit the luxury tax, mm-hmm. which I cannot imagine that the Kings are gonna want to hit the luxury tax when they haven't made the playoffs in sixteen years, when most teams that hit the luxury tax are teams that, I don't know, win games. So uh not, <laughs> not that the Kings spend money in bring people back or bring people in anyway, like they again, the biggest free agent the Kings have ever signed money wise, who was it? Was it um, the most money we've ever signed someone to a, a a free agent that was not originally with the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, probably Vladdy. I don't know what Vladdy's salary was, but yeah, that's Dedman? that's the one people like to say is that Vladdy's the uh, best free agent signing in Kings history. Uh Rondo, I mean Rondo's 9 mil is 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 a good chunk of change. So
1: the King, I think Vladdy was like a four year, maybe five year deal worth about 50 million and then I think Dwayne Dedman was three for 30, so maybe those are the biggest two. Ish. I think Kosta Kufus's deal was pretty big, Do I think he was like four for 40 or something.
0: I don't think it was. I thought Costa's deal was low, which was like the uh, the appeal of it. No, he made eight million per
1: for four seasons, so... That was a backup. Yeah. About, about 432. Um, anyways, the Kings don't have much money. They do have the mid-level exception, which you are able to spend that. I don't believe that um, will, will push you into luxury tax. It doesn't count against uh, hard cap, so they can spend $10 million is the mid-level exception. They have the biannual exception, which I, again, not a salary cap guy, but you can only use your biannual exception every two years, hence the yes, name though. Biannual annual. exception. I am an idiot. Did they use
0: it last year? Because I they, remember there was no. talk that they might have used it on Alex Len. They okay. pulled part of their
1: MLE from last year and mm-hmm. gave it to Alex Len, which also is a thing you apparently can do. <laughs> yeah, I
0: was like, so, so you can use half of your MLE. Like, you can what?
1: split it up. Apparently, it's it's there for you to use. <laughs> so they use part of their mid-level exception for Alex Len. Uh, so they base and then they have the veteran exception, which is four million, and trade exception, four million. So they they have they have a couple things they can use to to bring in a player, but. Uh, Basically, the mid-level exception is their best chance of bringing in a a, a solid talent, and it's something I, I believe Monty has not used before. I think in his first year, he he signed Sam Whiteside and uh, uh, Robinson, Glenn Robinson III, mm-hmm. to vet men deals. Yeah. So he has not used the in last year he signed Terrence Davis to a two-year eight million. Maurice, uh, Maurice Harkless to a two-year eight million, and Alex Lynn to a two-year. I think they're all two-year for eight. So. Mm-hmm. Did not use the mid-level exception. So this year there are options out there. We're going to get into some free agency options a little later on. But the biggest kind of hurdle I will say in the Kings offseason is it's the question around Dante DiVincenzo because you have to know what you're doing with him to me before you can kind of make these other moves either because you don't know if, if, if Dante DiVincenzo gets a massive deal in free agency and the Kings don't want to match, then you have to go find another shooting guard. Mm-hmm. If the Kings want to keep him, what positions do you need to to kind of round out? So I think we kind of should start with the Dante discussion. Obviously, the Kings have wanted Dante DiVincenzo for a while, mm-hmm. traded for him twice. Dante gets here. For whatever reason, what we believe and what we heard is that the Kings are diminishing his value so that they can retain him easily in free agency and not spend as much money. The Kings don't start him. They play Justin Holiday ahead of him, which to the disdain of of the Kings fan... The Kings fan base, uh, DiVincenzo, did not start really at all over the last uh, two months of the season. Did he even get one start? He got one start. Yeah, one start. One start. So he's going to be a free agent. Apparently he's pissed off, or his people are pissed off at the Kings. So I'm not really sure what happens here. Chris, do you think – let me start with, before we get to like a dollar figure, do you want the Kings to retain Don DiVincenzo?
0: Yeah, this is like, I think I go back and forth on this all the time. I think um, the Dante that we saw last year, I'm going to say no. But I also think that it was a very tough situation for him coming back from an injury uh, and then going to a brand new team. uh, He, by no means do I think he played poorly, but I just think uh, the role that he played last year, there was a lot of, um, I don't really know how to describe his shot selection, but his, his shot selection left a lot to be, um, well, Buddy Hield admired
1: by. Buddy desk at times.
0: Yeah, he was definitely letting it fly, and uh, I don't know. You know, he with the Kings last season in his 25 games averaged 5.8 threes per game, which is uh, which is honestly not insane. But uh, he just, I mean, I'm honestly surprised to see that he shot it at a 36% clip. Um, it seemed like he was just he could not find his shooting stroke. Um, for a majority of his time with the Kings, and and when his shot was falling, was when for sure he was at his best. Um, go figure, you know it's a make or miss league, um, and making shots is generally going to make me think that you're a better player. Uh, but I think I really do think that when he was hitting his three point shot, you saw his value. Uh, he was definitely more engaged at that point, point. Um, and you know his, his defensive ability is what it is. I think it's uh, it's it's definitely above average, and the Kings can definitely use a lot more defenders like him. Um, But while saying that, I think the Kings can absolutely, at some point, look to upgrade that position. So if Dante doesn't get re-signed, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think uh, you can find a different piece that uh, maybe gives you something a little bit different. But I think the idealized version of Dante DiVincenzo, if he is truly the three and d guy that um, you know I think we all envision him as um, then i I would, I would sign me up absolutely but uh I, I don't know if this just I, I think my biggest confusion is I don't know if this just is who he is is he an inconsistent shooter who when he looks good he looks good, but when the shot isn't falling uh continues to shoot honestly
1: well, there's two things that the Kings really need this off season. And plug, I wrote an article about it It that's coming out later today, so check that out. But uh, the two biggest things to me the Kings need to upgrade are their defense and their shooting. And the Mike Brown hiring, I think we can all agree that already puts the Kings in, like, they have a leg up on that. Like, they're going to be at least a little bit better defensively. But if they bring in more, you know, personnel, that's going to help. Dante DiVincenzo is a guy that I would say has a very high defensive motor, him and uh, Davion Mitchell in the same lineup was a lot of fun to watch. They definitely are. They antagonize opposing guards, and that's something I think is very, very valuable in today's NBA. But the shooting is—it remains to be seen. And uh, he did shoot pretty well for the Kings from three, which I kind of was surprised when I looked back at the numbers. He shot about thirty-seven percent from three, which didn't seem like it.
0: I think it's because I'm looking now and uh, I probably didn't notice it because it's the same percentage. He also shot 36% from the field. That's probably why.
1: Yeah. That's probably why. The man was just probably taking threes. So um Yeah, I mean he, no I mean look, yeah, he took look, he
0: took three two-point attempts a game.
1: He he took six threes per yes. a game with the Kings. Yeah. He yeah. took six threes per game, which is wow. So it is a good question though, Chris. You posed that question of the shooting, is he an inconsistent shooter? Is he a, is he someone that was coming back from an injury that was affecting his shot? But he's only had one season where he's been a, a really good three-point shooter, and that mm-hmm. was in 2020, 2021. In Milwaukee, he shot about 38% from three. That's kind of what put him really on the map. I mean, about 10 points per game, six boards, three assists, over a steal per game. He was a really, um, really valuable player for them uh, the year they won the championship because he got hurt down the stretch mm-hmm. and, and wasn't – a player for them but he he wasn't the same coming back from from his injury and that's why Milwaukee made the decision to move on from him and and here he is in Sacramento but uh, when it comes down to what he's going to make in free agency he's coming off his rookie contract he just made about four point six million in last season uh, I think Pat Connington just signed for what three million in Milwaukee I think he signed for three million um let me pull that up real quick because he was the guy that they chose to stick with over DiVincenzo. Pat Conington is going to make—he's going to make about five. I'm sorry, two years, about ten million. So it's kind of—it's kind of a gray area. I'm not sure what what Dante's going to get in free agency. If I had to make a guess, though, if I had to make a guess right now, my prediction would be
0: three years for about twenty-four million. I think that'd be great. I mean, I I think he. I don't know why. I don't know who is going to offer it to him, but I I feel like he's going to get that ten mil ten to ten to thirteen. Like the mid level from somebody. Yeah, I would guess the mid level, um, or if not, even a little more. I mean, yeah, I haven't looked at every other team's uh, cap situation, but um, I think absolutely a, a really a team that has that knows their identity and feels like um you know Dante is is the piece that's missing i think he's a you know he's an ideal 3 and d guy and and i think a lot of people are looking out for that um it's just a matter of if they have the money to do it and uh yeah i mean i, I expect him to get like 10 if he gets what you what would that 324 oh, three, that would be s- 8 million eight mil? yeah 8 million per i would do that in a heartbeat absolutely
1: well, the Kings will have the right to match any offer. He's a restricted free agent. You all probably know the drill about that as now as the Kings have. I think we've missed out on every free agent we've ever given a, an offer sheet to. They, they they tried to sign Zach Levine. That was matched. They tried to sign Otto Porter Jr. That was
0: matched. Uh, I'm not sure who else. Is there anyone else the Kings have tried to sign before? That's definitely in recent memory. Those are the only two that I could think of.
1: Probably been a lot. Um, so the Kings will have the right to match any offer. They have 48 hours after yeah. DiVincenzo signs an offer sheet. I think I mentioned before that if he does sign a mid-level exception with another team, like if he does sign that three-year, mm-hmm. 30 or whatever, that, that, that number wound up being two-year for 20. It's in that mid-level, that 10-point blank uh, million range. I think it would save the Kings some money if he, he they were to match the offer because it would be another team's mid-level exception, which again— mm-hmm. That would s- not be theirs. It would not be theirs.
0: Dante's ten mil, and then and then they can use a, a, a their separate mid-level. ten million yes. to use as their MLA. So
1: I would expect the Kings are going to let Dante go out and, and test the waters and see what he comes back with. Versus the Kings just immediately signing him to a deal, could be wrong. Just what I think, but that seems a lot more enticing. Can to
0: I me. ask your opinion on the Dante uh, camp being upset with the Kings? Um, does that bother you? Um, I mean. I think we talked about it last week that
1: there's no reason to have a player here that doesn't want to be here, which is why the Jaden Ivey discussion was such a mm-hmm. it's a hot topic. Why would we have a player here that just outwardly does not want to be here? And Dante is not outwardly a person who doesn't want to be here. He mm-hmm. said all the right things in the media. He said in multiple interviews he does want to be here, and he's talked about uh, the Kings in future tense, which is interesting to me, mm-hmm. and about building building something here. I think that maybe his representation isn't fully mirror the way that he feels. I think that his representation is trying to obviously maximize their client's um, capability to bring in a big payday. So it doesn't bother me that much because I feel like if there was really, if there was really a possibility, Dante wants out, 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 he would be more vocal. He'd pro- probably be more vocal and it'd, probably, it'd be more sourced and it'd be more out there in the open already that the Kings yeah. probably shouldn't shouldn't try to match an offer sheet. Yeah and try to negotiate like a sign trade or, or what have you. But um, it doesn't bother me that much. I just feel like there's some... I don't know if there's a much fire to the smoke. How do you feel about it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I just personally feel like it's uh, it has a lot to do with business. And for sure, it was probably not fair for the uh, Kings to, to put Dante in the situation they put him in trying to restrict his value. Uh, but at the same time, you know, organizationally, it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, if the Kings really value Dante and feel like uh, he's a player that they want it's a little shady to uh, kind of hamper his minutes and and you know in by result trying to diminish his uh, value to the league but it's also the only way the Kings might feel like they can retain him and if they really want him as a piece uh, you know it's it's kind of what they feel like they had to do morally I'm not really okay with it but it's kind of as as since we're shouting out James, It's the business of basketball, yes, um, and I really don't have an issue i mean i I've heard a lot of people have issue with the fact that they haven't spoken to Dante's camp at all, which I don't really care about because it's again, it's business. You guys go get an offer at that point. We'll talk until you guys go get an offer. There's nothing really to talk about because we don't need to have any preliminary discussions about anything because it just is what it is. Like, we are going to decide to match it or we're going to decide to not it's match it. It's simple as that. It's, it's, it's simple as that.
1: I would imagine the conversation's already happened saying, you know, go and see what you can get. We respect it and we'll choose a match if not. Mm-hmm. Or Absolutely. we'll choose a match or not. Yep. So it's it really is simple as that. They're going to match or they're not going to. Uh, very similar to the Bogdan Bogdanovich situation. Yep. Ouch. Uh, still not over that one, but that's kind of I think to me the first pillar that needs that that needs to mm-hmm. to fall. The, the first pin pin needs to drop. Pin to drop. Foot to, foot to drop. First foot to drop.
0: Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah. That's a saying. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. 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 That's a saying.
1: It's idiot hour here <laughs> at, at almost at KHDK. Almost. Sacktown yeah. Sports 1140. But. I would imagine the the Dante DiVincenzo situation needs to be resolved. Shoe,
0: shoe, shoe. First shoe? shoe to fall, drop. Shoe, shoe to drop, drop or fall. Someone help me it's out. Something like that. I don't know. Uh, Any shoe to drop. Uh, we're looking. We're
1: talking free agency, but I think that before we get into some some targets, I, I want to give you mm. uh, love it, like it, eh, or pass on. The Kings are probably gonna have a better chance of building. Their roster up through trade next uh, for next season because, like I said, they have no money. They have a couple expiring deals. Harrison Barnes is expiring. He's probably their most uh, attractive trade asset. Then they have some guys that are kind of like fringe slash medium options or lower end, not that great options. Uh, Mo Harkless, Alex Lem, Justin Holiday, and now Trey Lyles. Those are all players on expiring contracts. And then, of course, we have the Rashawn Holmes situation where he was clearly not comfortable in a backup center position. He still has three years on his contract. He could be somebody that that has a lot of interest out there on the market and the Kings look to swap uh, maybe a center for a guard or, or a forward situation. So it's going to be an interesting month. And I want to ask you, Chris,
0: mm.
1: kind of, I guess we'll just kind of go through these names real quick. Um, who do you think has the most value and who do you think – is the most likely to not be here? Come, let's say a week from now, a week into free agency. Who's the most likely to not be on the team?
0: I think, I think most likely to not be on the team is probably Rashawn Holmes. But uh, I think, in terms of value, I think it's still Harrison Barnes. Um, I feel like he, um, you know, he he's just he's the most at the three position. A lot of teams could use the. Uh, solidness of Harrison Barnes. Uh, any, just about any team would love to have him. He's not, you know, the most expendable contract at what is it, eighteen million dollars now, I believe. Um, so it's probably going to take some, some salary, you know, some salary matching to get a deal done. But um, I think Rashawn Holmes, to me, is the piece that I'm kind of hoping to improve the roster the most. If that really makes sense, I feel like. You know, you're kind of getting nothing from. I shouldn't say nothing because that's disrespectful to, to Rashawn, but, uh, you know, just you're not going to maximize Rashawn Holmes' um, abilities and value with the current state of the roster. I think that's the best way of putting it. Um, and so if you can get a piece that better fits than Rashawn Holmes uh, for Rashawn Holmes and maybe also. Dump a you know Justin Holiday contract or a Maurice Hartley another guy that you feel like you're not going to uh, get a lot of out of this year. You know I think uh, with with the John Wall news dropping yesterday, a lot of smoke has been around Luke Kennard. Um, you know I feel like getting rid of Harrison for Luke Kennard is a bit much, but that might be where you know maybe the Clippers aren't infatuated with having Zubac as their center. Uh, Rashawn Holmes is a great. Cheap option uh, to get a very solid starting center, um, so maybe you know you you get a deal like that or something. Um, yeah, I, no, I agree. Yeah,
1: no, I I think Rashawn Holmes is a player that I'm the most intrigued about because we know what Harrison Barnes. Yeah, we bring. know
0: his relative value. Also, he's been I, in the news so much.
1: I think that Harrison Barnes is someone that could bring back a pretty good player, and I think that I also am okay with the Kings keeping him at this point mm-hmm. and, and trying to round out the roster with with uh, maybe Rashawn Holmes and a future pick or whatever the Kings want to attach to bring in that missing piece they want because Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if the Kings are entirely sold on moving Harrison Barnes but they shouldn't be honestly they shouldn't be because again we talked about it a lot replacing that small forward position is is I won't say impossible but I do not feel confident the Kings are going to find a player to replace Harrison Barnes a small forward if they trade him and all hey I I believe in Keegan Murray and he's going to be a good NBA player but Slide, we've we've slotted in a, a small forward, uh, a rookie small forward before, and it, it didn't work out very well. Now, Justin Jackson is not Keegan Murray by any means or any measure. But let's but hope not. Let's no, hope not. not. Hey, knock he's on not. wood. He's Everyone, not. knock on wood. But the Kings need a veteran presence at their small forward position. A guy that we talked about can, can go up against the Kawhis, the LeBrons, the Kevin Durants, the Paul Georges. They need a guy like Harrison Barnes that has been there and can do that. And they need to try to find a way, in my opinion— to run out the roster with their other resources, which are they have all their mm-hmm. picks. They have Rashawn Holmes on a on a respectable contract. Then they have their other kind of fringe rotation guys that can kind of be glue guys like Mo Harkless, mm-hmm. Alex Len, and Trey Lyles, who could possibly have even a little bit of value. So, the, Terrence Davis also? Terrence have, Davis? I don't know
0: if he's in the. We, he didn't play the entire second half of last season. We didn't see him play a single minute with Demonis Sabonis. Who knows how they feel about that fit? I mean,. Um. Yeah, I think I think Terrence has shown ability to be a real dynamic bench scorer for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, we just we we haven't seen him in so long. We don't know how he fits with this team. So, you know, there's there's definitely potential. I think for Terrence Davis to have some surprise value.
1: Yeah, and and on the topic like the topic of that like Terrence Davis and, and the guards, the Kings might look to to shed. Terrence Davis, and, and try to fill that other guard spot if they keep Dante DiVincenzo with a true point guard, like a true backup point guard in free agency. Because the Kings don't really have a true... Dave playmaking Mich- backup. Yeah, Davion yeah. Mitchell's not a, a playmaking not backup. He he did good in the starting role and did well distributing the basketball. De'Aaron Fox, I would say, can can handle himself in, in playmaking. He's a, I think he's averaging seven assists for his career, six assists for his entire career. So not an issue in the starting lineup. And obviously Sabonis is a playmaker himself, and he's a center. So, I think maybe the possibility of hiring a true backup point guard, and mm-hmm. again, we'll go over some names in a few minutes about uh, the, the potential free agent fits, but that's, that's also a priority for me. But mm-hmm. um, to put a pin in the Rashawn Holmes thing, I think that the Canard thing is very enticing, except I did see a report today that the Clippers are not looking to move him. Again, smokescreen maybe. Mm-hmm. I think anyone should be available at this mm-hmm. point in the summer offseason. But uh, he's a guy I would love. So, um, anything else on what we're talking about
0: before we get into the free agent targets? No, that's... Uh, I think we did a good job of covering just about everybody. I mean, the only people we didn't talk about was really, like, Damian Jones, and I think that's just kind of a matter of if he doesn't get any other offers.
1: You know, he's um, not on this but, list, so let's, let's, I guess, let's go over the Damian Jones scenario. Let's say... I mean, I think – I don't even want to put it out a hypothetical. I think that what's going to happen is if the Kings can't move Rashawn Holmes, they can't bring back Damian Jones.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: Thing simple as that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think they need to bring him in to be the same role he was last year, where he's the third big and kind of by injury stance, he, he kind of ended up being the starter towards the end of the season. But uh, I think he showed enough to – Deserve if he's going to come back with the team, he deserves to have some sort of rotational minutes. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's guaranteed. He made a,
1: a hair under two million last season. I I obviously think that he could probably make around three four million this this summer mm-hmm. per. Um, which means if the Kings also maybe they don't have to move Rashawn Holmes, but they they have to move Alex Len. One yeah. of Alex Len or Rashawn Holmes has to be moved. Otherwise, what are we doing? Because also, Namius mm-hmm. Kada is going to be a free agent. The Kings yeah. own his rights, and they have. We have to decide: is he going to be a two-way player? Is he going to be a, a guy on a on a fully guaranteed NBA contract? How high are the, are the Kings on him? They might try to go with the cheaper option because they do have Sabonis, who is is an All-Star caliber center. So maybe they're they're going to go ahead and say, maybe we can survive with Alex Len if we trade Rashawn Holmes and, and saving money and is going with with Sabonis, Len, Keta. Yeah. I don't love that. But maybe they want to save money by offloading Rashawn and letting Damian Jones walk. But I would be very much of the uh, in the camp of keeping Damian Jones and trading Rashawn Holmes or mm-hmm. or Alex because again, Rashawn Holmes is not comfortable in a starting in a bench role. Yeah,
0: not at all. No, yeah. And I mean, you are paying him like what ten or eleven million dollars. That's mm-hmm. that's a lot for a backup big. That's, that's a, getting that's you know. 15,
1: 20 minutes. That's not bench big money unless you're, what, Montrez Harrell? I mean, how much is Montrez? I don't think Montrez Harrell even makes that much. Montrez Harrell makes who was almost a Sacramento King last season. Very close. He has a $10 million player option. Did he pick that up? Oh, no, he did pick that up. I would imagine so. He's a free free agent. Excuse me. He
0: didn't pick that up? He picked it up last season. Okay, I was like, uh, Montrez Harrell should take $10 million.
1: But. That's my point. Ten million to be a backup center. So, Rashawn Holmes is a starting center. I don't think he's comfortable doing anything other than starting at this point. The Kings kind of molded him mm-hmm. into a starter. He isn't the Rashawn Holmes from four or five years ago. So, that is the the number one player that I think the Kings should look to move. I've loved Rashawn. I've loved what he's brought to the Kings. He's been he's been a lot of fun to watch. But when you have Sabonis, it's just there's too many cooks in the kitchen, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um.
1: Okay, should we move on? Let's do it. So, we're going to play a game. Love I it? to play
0: a game. I want to play a game
1: called Love it, like it, eh? Or pass. It's
0: a bit wordy of a title, but we, it's fine.
1: It's a it's a wor- it's a working title. So, we could change it if you like, but <laughs> no,
0: it's okay. You, you love
1: it, you like it, eh? Or pass. And I'm going to throw a couple free agent names at you. I'll also share my opinion too, but we'll 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 keep it on you. I put this list together this morning. Oh boy. And there there's some none of these are really sourced. I'll say a couple of them I think make sense for certain reasons, but uh let's just dive into it. I'll try and keep my thoughts under a minute. It's okay. I Means okay. whatever you want, man. Let's let's do it. The first name on the list of Kings potential free agent targets. This player is expected to get around 6-7 million per okay. year. Hoops hype. I'm going to close my eyes when you Talk to me like hoops hype has predicted. This player will get six seven million. Uh, This player is Gary Payton II.
0: Oh,
1: how do you feel about the Kings?
0: Would you like it? Do you love it? Eh, the player I love. Um, The fit, I'm not sure. I I just don't know if uh, I mean he would presumably play backup two, uh, and. You know he he definitely made a very big difference for this Warriors team. I think uh, when he came back from his injury was kind of when the Warriors really fell into place, and um, they're a much different team and much better team once Gary Payton came back. It's tough. I mean, his his ability his non ability to shoot um, I think would be a lot more detrimental to the Kings Hold than it would second. on the Warriors.
1: I thought that too. Yeah, Gary Payton though most of it was in the paint. 61% from the field, 36% from three.
0: That's not bad, but also that's on the best three-point shooting team in the world, and I just – it's – he's not going to get the same looks. I'm sure he was literally left wide open um, when when he was playing for the Warriors because obviously your attention is dedicated elsewhere. Uh, that's tough. I mean, with with the fit next to Fox or next to Mitchell, there's – Little to no shooting in that backcourt. Um I personally would love it, but realistically, I'm not entirely sure it's the best fit. But I do love the player.
1: I, I agree. I, I love I would love it. Uh if they do sign hypothetically the Kings sign him, I love it. I'll talk myself yeah, into absolutely. the fact that he's a one hundred a very good defender. Yeah. He is not an offensive guy. Not a playmaker like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. He's not that backup playmaking guard that we want, but um, pretty pretty side. I mean, six three, two hundred pounds. I mean, he he would come out. He could probably defend one through three. I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kings need that. They need they need defenders. Yeah. They they really really do. But I I do question the fit a little bit, and I question the fact that he he's expected to get six seven million per. That means the Kings would probably have to give them their mid level, mm-hmm. which would kind of hamstring them from yeah. doing other big things. So, for the mid-level, I don't think I want to give him the the, the big one. So, I I'm I love it, but I would say probably not going to happen.
0: So, can I ask you this? Um, would you feel better about the fit if we didn't have Davion Mitchell?
1: Yes. 100, 100, 100, 100% agree. 100%, because they're so very similar.
0: I think that draws me to the conclusion of, can the Kings really... How many more players can the Kings... And uh, this is a rhetorical question. How many more players can the Kings afford to have especially rotation guys that can't shoot. Like is that kind of just an end all be all yeah, of if you I, cannot shoot, we really can't afford you unless we find a very specific role for you. It
1: it depends on what else they do on the trade market. If they they could mm-hmm. bring in maybe they do bring in Kennard, and they mm-hmm. do bring in John Collins or mm-hmm. something, then maybe they can afford to bring in Perry. Sure. But they need they need more rotation pieces that can knock down shots yeah. before they go out and if they do, if the first things that the Kings do is they they trade away or waive Terrence Davis, and they sign Gary Payton, and then they sign Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah. That doesn't make me feel great about yeah. – it makes me feel great about the defense. I feel very good about the defense, yeah. but I don't feel great we're about the We're almost a sh- different team at that. I Yeah. I, mean, uh, yeah. I
0: don't, don't feel good about the shooting. We don't have to get there, but no. I, th- I think it's interesting that we could just be thinking of this team the wrong way. Like, we're thinking of them in the style of how they've been in the past, where especially with Luke and more especially with Alvin, they were very free-flowing – um, definitely offensive-centric, if they were to sign a Gary Payton and then bring back a Dante DiVincenzo, is there a possibility that this team just completely changes their identity and becomes kind of like the Knicks were, la- not this past season, but the season before where they had all the success with Tibbs, where it's just like, yeah, I mean, they win a lot of games, like 100 to 98.
1: Yeah, it, w- it would be a completely different mm-hmm. identity. Yeah. Interesting. Um,
0: Go ahead, next name.
1: Moving on. Another Warrior. One that I knew that the... I didn't know that the Kings gave him a, a, a max offer sheet five years ago yesterday, but they did. Otto Porter Jr., who I feel like was someone that Kings fans have kind of fallen in love with over this playoff run for Golden State. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. last year made about... Well, veterans minimum. He made $2.3 million last year with Golden State. He's going to get a pretty good payday uh, this summer, I'd imagine. He was a... a arguably one of the bigger rotation mm-hmm. pieces for them down the stretch and a big he made a big impact off the bench during the playoffs. Uh, Chris, do you like it? Do you love it? Are you eh on it or would you pass on Otto Porter Jr.?
0: Did you give the projected salary for that? Because uh, that's per- what I'm curious about.
1: I don't have a projected salary, but if he made t- the veterans minimum at 2.3 or 2.4 million, I'd imagine he's at least going to go for like the biannual, which would be about
0: 4 or 5 million. I think he's going to go for like 10. He probably I think will. he's going to get bagged. So, I think the only reason he accepted that contract was for the opportunity. For the Kings, it would 100%
1: take the mid-level yeah. for him. He would not sign with the Kings for the yeah. biannual. If he wanted to go sign with Milwaukee or Golden mm-hmm. State again or someone to get a little bump in pay, yeah. I see that being a possibility. But if he's coming to the Kings, it's the mid-level. So do you are you on board with that, which would be $10 million per season for Otto Porter?
0: I don't think so. It's just, I mean, Otto Porter... Seemed great at the time when the Kings were offering uh, you know, him him that uh, that contract, but the max. He's just been so unhealthy the past really like six years. I mean, I'm looking yeah we look at basketball reference here. He has not played over so he played fifty six games in twenty eighteen. Uh the season before that, he played seventy seven. But since twenty eight, uh, I'm sorry, since two thousand eighteen, he has not played over fifty six yeah, games. He
1: went uh, fifty six in twenty eighteen, nineteen, fourteen games, nineteen, twenty, twenty eight games last season. This season, sixty three, which is the most he's played since the two thousand seventeen eighteen season. So yeah. uh, it is it is a risk. He had some back issues in the playoffs too. Mm-hmm. Near the end of the season, he had some some lower back issues. Only twenty nine, just turned twenty nine, so in his prime, NBA prime. Uh, but he's six foot eight, two hundred pounds. He can play small forward, power forward. He's a guy that can stretch the floor, like we talked about. He's a player that I think, if the Kings were to trade Harrison Barnes and they would were to get John Collins, I would say probably get Otto sure. Porter to fill in, and he can yeah, kind of play. Spot. He can yeah. play defense and, and knock down threes and and just kind of be that guy, whereas the Kings can get offense from other people.
0: I think my biggest concern with Otto Porter, and it, it does kind of tie back into injuries, but just I don't think he's a guy who can give you over 24 minutes a game anymore. I think you know if, if you're going to give Otto Porter a starting role uh, and expect him to play 28, 30 minutes, I, I don't know what kind of production you're expecting to get at that point. It's funny you say that.
1: The last time he played over 30 minutes per game was almost five years ago. Averaged 30 minutes per game in 2018 through 2019, four years ago. He played 21 minutes per game, 23 minutes per game for the Bulls, uh, 21 minutes for Orlando and Chicago. I didn't even know he played in Orlando for three games. I had no idea. And then 22 minutes per game in Golden State.
0: Yeah, I think it's just – it's the Kings would kind of be – I don't want to say paying for the name, but, um, I mean, essentially, yeah, you're – I don't know what you're really hoping for, Max. You know, what's the uh, what's the greatest potential that you're hoping for if you sign Otto Porter? Well, I think for him, I like him a lot. Expecting him,
1: I like him a lot in a reserve role, Mm -hmm. and I think that he'd be a great if the Kings keep can somehow retain Harrison Barnes Mm -hmm. and move other assets to bring Absolutely. in like a for, a power forward
0: or a, mm-hmm. a, a good a really
1: good shooting guard.
0: I mean that that would be the best wing you know uh, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, Otto Porter wing depth would be the best wing depth the Kings have had yep. in my lifetime po- period. Oh for sure. Maybe the, of all time. Then you have maybe some, of the Kings history. Then
1: you have Sabonis and hopefully Damian Jones yeah. down low, you have yeah. Fox and Davion at the guard spots, maybe you bring really in the shooting guard. Something there. We're talking about a pretty good team here. Yeah. So that would be like the dream scenario to have Monty pull those strings and have Otto Porter be your backup, kind of like what he was in Golden yeah. State, like your, like your utility guy. Like yeah. he can, he can I play think if power... you can get
0: him for six or eight million, then you know that's mm-hmm. kind of more justified for yeah. A backup role. Like there's
1: a chunk of the MLE. Yeah. yeah, I would like that a lot too. Which is possible they could do that. Yeah. So
0: having your one or two year deal too.
1: Oh yeah, that's what I envision for him. It's like a two year, maybe like a two year sixteen, two year seventeen million dollar yeah. deal. Um, have him be your utility guy at the bench, play small forward, power forward, kind of mix and match him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but would so, Otto
0: Porter want that?
1: Uh, he won his ring, so maybe he wants his bag. Yeah, I mean, that, that's we'll see what else someone out there will yeah. offer him, but maybe if no one else is offering him. Mm-hmm. The Kings, obviously, we're forgetting the Kings that you're going to have to overpay. Mm-hmm. So if he's getting those $17, $18 million offers, the Kings are going to have to pony up that MLE and yeah. give him 220 Two twenty or, or 330 So Ugh. I, with that being said, I will say I, I like it. I don't love it. I would like it if they got him. I do think there that. are probably other ways they can can use that money, though.
0: Yeah, I would say I would I would agree are, you you in, are you in the like? I would say like. It? Okay, I like that.
1: Moving on, this player, I believe, his number two overall pick. Mm. Uh, rumors are out there that he is going to be on an earn it contract, going to reestablish his value. He's had some pretty devastating injuries over the years. He probably will be a player that's going to get. I will say the vet min, or maybe the biannual for four million. Victor Oladipo, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: how do you feel about the Kings bringing him in?
0: Yeah, I think this is – I just said that Otto Porter, they would be paying for the name. Victor Oladipo, they 100% would be paying for the name. Um, It's a big risk. I mean, to me, like, I would equate this to, like, almost drafting Shaden Sharp, where it's like you're either going to get a pretty broken down – uh guy who when he does play is probably trying to do too much and like trying to establish reestablish his value which i think is his actual goal um i would be nervous for sure but there's also the upside of well if he is healthy that's a player the kings for sure would not typically get uh and you know even if he he can bring us to a one season promised land of the playoffs i think uh at that point it would be worth it for sure but um it's just kind of a matter of how much of that risk you're willing to take, and I think I'm I'm in the position if I'm the Kings where I think that's that's a worthwhile risk to take, depending on how much money he wants. Yeah. I'm not going to give him 12 to 15 million, which look- the Kings also couldn't afford. I'm looking at his I'm looking at his. It's kind
1: of scary. I didn't really think about it this way. Uh people, people talk about the All possibility since 2017 18.
0: He, yeah, we want to talk about Otto Porter not playing.
1: He, let's go through his games played. Every season since 2018-19. 36, 19, 33, 8. So I think he's played about the equivalent of a full season over the past one, two, three, four seasons. He's played about 80, 85 games. So that's scary, especially when you it's like the severity of the injuries were pretty mm-hmm. severe. Yeah. I, I do think he's a guy that can help out a team. I don't know if it's the right thing for the Kings, though. I think he probably would be better suited going to go into a contender. Uh, he wants eyes on him, obviously. And while being in Sacramento means your stats get padded and his numbers will be definitely um, kind of pumped up. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say eh. I'm leaning eh or or pass on him just because I don't think I would want to do much more than the veteran minimum. Yeah. At his best. At his best. Depot, I would love it. I would love it if the Kings got the old Victor Oladipo. That's kind of what we could argue if the Kings get a time machine and and go back and get 2017 Victor Oladipo, 23 points a game, two and a half steals, 37 percent from three. That's what the Kings need. If the Kings Mm -hmm. have that Victor Oladipo by De'Aaron Fox, we're talking about a squad. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's what this Victor Oladipo is going to be again. Uh, He's also, I believe, uh, he just turned 30. Yeah, it's that doesn't help. Doesn't help uh I I I don't think it's the answer to our problems but um
0: yeah I agree I I think uh I think at the end of the day I would probably take the risk because again like I don't think the Kings have any other way of getting that caliber of player but uh I think in reality it's just probably not going to happen I think there'll be other better options for Victor that he'll take
1: is that an official pass from you You said eh. It's a, eh. You said
0: eh. Yeah, it's an eh.
1: That's why I made it that way. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, moving on. Moving on. We talked a lot about centers. We talked a lot about uh, Damian Jones Rashawn Holmes. There's a center out there that I've, I've seen not reports. No. Do you already know what I'm going to say? <laughs> no, I don't. There Do is a I'm center saying? that
0: I want us to get.
1: Is it Mo Bamba? Absolutely not. Who's the center who's you want? A Lopez? Okay, well, th- those aren't on here. The Lopez's are not. <laughs> Robin on Robin Lopez list.
0: needs to be on this list. He's an unrestricted free agent. Okay, <laughs> like the Kings, uh, one of the best offensive rebounders of this generation, of, like, of all time. I would, I wasn't going to go there, but I will, I will argue it. <laughs> the Kings need a Lopez. All right, get rid of Alex Len. You don't need Damian. Get rid of Doncic. Sign lo- Robin Lopez to a minimum contract. We don't need Sabonis. Bring in, bring in Lopez. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, okay. Oh, Sorry, go you ahead. said it,
1: man. No, uh, Lopez is not on here, but I mean, of course, you would have a yeah. parade on Please. L Street. Please, uh, it's Mobamba. Mobamba. I don't. I don't know if it's exactly the kind of player the Kings are going to get, but he is someone I've, I've seen. Uh, not the Kings linked to him, but again, as like a possible suitor. That's probably a possibility if the Kings do move Rashawn Holmes, if they'd like to move off Alex Len, and if they would like to not I mean a lot of ifs. But Orlando is is I would say they're probably unlikely to bring him back. Uh they do have have like Wendell Card's a player for them. They might want to keep Robin Lopez. Sorry, Chris. Uh mm. but they also drafted I mean they should want to keep him. Yeah, they drafted Palo Banquero, who is on a center, but they have some bigs down there. They have they have Franz Wagner who's a forward. They have options and, and Bomba was pretty good last year in a in a Again, he was a reserve t- for most of the last three years. Last year, as a starter, 10 points per game, 8 rebounds, 1.7 blocks. I kind of threw him on here just for fun. Uh, I don't think the Kings are even going to throw him an offer. But hypothetically speaking, would you like the Kings to have Bamba and Sabonis? Yeah. Th- 38% for three, by the way.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, you know Mo-, Mo started to kind of start to shine last year uh, in terms of, like, show some promise that we were promised when he first came out of the, uh, kit first came into the league. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate it. Uh, I think his money would probably be somewhere near Rashawn Holmes also. So probably have to throw the MLE at him. It's interesting. I, I don't know if it's, uh, how similar it would be to like the, uh, miles Turner fit miles Turner, Sabonis fit, which would be my concern. But, uh, I don't. I don't mind it for sure. I, I think Mo is a new age center who could shoot threes and uh, protect the rim, which is what I think we need.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, it, yeah. it it is interesting the conversation between uh, Sabonis and and Turner, Bamba, Sabonis, a little different, I guess. I, I mean, Miles Turner is not as good as a shooter as as Mo Bamba, which I kind of find surprising, but. Uh, again, I don't think the Kings are going to look to go to go Bamba as the the pairing with mm. Sabonis. I don't think that Bamba is also a backup center at this point. Uh, I would expect him to get a starting deal. So for that, see, I'm
0: I still am not sold that Sabonis had the five. I know that's what they are going to do, but I I would envision well, him starting next to Sabonis.
1: If the Kings wanted to say let's get Mobamba, I would be very intrigued because he is he's a stretch five. Yeah, and that's intriguing to me. And he's a he's a rim protector. Sabonis is not a rim protector. And that's why the John Collins aspect would be interesting because he is someone that can can protect the rim. He's about 1. 1.6, 1. 1.5 blocks per game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Mo Bamba is, is one of the best sh- uh, shot blockers in the game. So I would like that if the Kings did that. I just don't think they're going to do mm-hmm. that.
0: Yeah. So
1: for that, I'm going to say like it, yeah, but, I like it. Un- but unlikely. Yeah. Moving on. This one's not a very sexy one. This one's kind of boring. This is where the list kind of gets a little... Bless you, Chris. This where the list gets. It, it gets a little, eh, like no, no pun intended. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., mm-hmm. someone the Kings tried to get a couple years ago, I believe, in free agency. He took less money to go to Portland. Uh, would you? Yeesh. Would you love it? Like it? or pass on Derek Jones pass. Jr.?
0: Pass. Okay. I'm not a Derek Jones Jr. guy. Uh, never really been a big believer in his shot. Um, yeah, I mean, he's pretty much all athleticism at this point. Yeah, I, I think he's kind of. Lost his defensive I, ability. I
1: believe he kind of fell out of the rotation there in Chicago. He was a real player for them at the beginning of the season when they were just beating everybody. Uh, I'm gonna pass though. I, I I I don't. I'm not. I don't like him either. I'm I'm not a Derek Jones yeah. junior guy. Moving on. Someone who I do like and I would be into Malik Monk. Mm. I'm 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 gonna say I would love it. I would love it. Number one because of the storyline. De'Aaron Fox Malik Monk were were back back court mates at Kentucky, they're I think best friends or very very good friends. Uh Lake Monk kind of I will say I'm going to say he saved his career. Absolutely. In LA, saved his career. 14 points per game, 80% from the free throw line, 40% just under 40% from three, 47% from the field. He definitely saved his career. And I don't know if the Lakers have any money at all mm-hmm. to make moves in general. So bringing him in for I think he was in the veteran minimum last year. Last year, Malik Monk made $1.7 million. Giving him the biannual, I think, would even be enough.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's, again, it's just kind of a matter of how much someone is willing to pay him. Um, I like him as a backup. I don't necessarily love the starting fit of there. I think defensively would probably be a struggle. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a dude who's an absolute microwave. And uh, yeah, him and Davion coming off. That, I think him and Davion is... A good backup bench pairing. That's for sure. I'm very on board with that. Yeah.
1: And at that point it kind of makes Terrence Davis expendable. Exactly. Which is why I feel like he could be someone that could be floated in a trade. But sure. it'd be a lot more helpful if Davis played down the stretch. Yeah.
0: Versus he was hurt. Um I would love it though. I don't know if there's really even that much of a that big of a difference between Terrence Davis and Malik Monk. Not
1: much. I would say Malik Monk's probably a better pure shooter.
0: Yeah. I would um, say so. Yeah. I, I would yeah
1: I would say that probably Terrence Davis has a better motor, maybe. Yeah. Defense, He's a little bigger,
0: too. I mean, Malik Monk's a pretty rail-thin guy.
1: Yeah, Malik Monk is six foot three, 200 pounds. Yeah. So, And Terrence Davis is... Probably 6'4",
0: 225, i two twenty five, six six four two o five. So, 6'4", 205. Uh, Terrence
1: looks bigger than that. He does look bigger. Terrence yeah. Davis looks pretty stacked. Pretty yoked. Um, do you love
0: it? Do you love it, like it? I would say love. I, I love that. I would love it. I would love that. I would love that. At at low money. Again. That's that's uh, again, the, 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 if, the if they're throwing ten mil at him. No, 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 no.
1: It. He I wrote biannual next to him. Uh four point one million per mm-hmm. season. I, I think a two year, eight million should be should be fine. He made one point seven last know. year. But again, the kings did overpay, yeah. so it might be a chunk of it. But it depends on what else they do. Uh another person who I think will probably be demanding mid level, for sure demanding mid level. He made almost twenty million last year, Gary Harris.
0: Do you want to share why you're you're here? I mean, he's just never he I ever since he came into the league, he's just been disappointing. He's not as good of a three point shooter as he was supposed to be. Uh, Not really very versatile. Uh, Just is. I mean, he's pretty much a spot up shooter and uh, is is a lackluster defender where he was supposed to be pretty good.
1: Yeah, he's definitely fallen off a post where he was. I think he was a, what was he, a, a basically a 20-point scorer in 2017-18, a little under 18 points per game, 40% from three, 48% from the field, really, really good. And then since Cincinnati's declined, and Denver, obviously, they, they called it quits, traded him to Orlando, uh, where he's been like a 10-point-per-game scorer. Three-point shots, decent, 38% from the field, or 30, 38% from three. Uh, that's intriguing. That's intriguing to me if, again, like a low-end, cheap option and I would imagine he's not going to get that much money on the market, but I could see him going to a contender. I could see him going to somewhere else and and having a chance because he, he did make twenty million he made twenty million dollars last year. It's an mm-hmm. eleven point per game score. So uh, I'm out though. I I I, I am out. I'd, I'd truth truly rather probably take a shot on well for sure Malik Monk. Yeah. And even like Dante, I'd rather have both those guys over over Gary Harris. Mm-hmm. I agree. Do you concur? Yeah, one hundred percent. Both out uh here's a scary one. We have four left scary one been linked to the Kings for a long time. We talk about injury risk
0: scary t j Warren oh yeah t j Warren I think legitimately hasn't played a professional basketball game since the bubble
1: uh he has not played um consistently since the twenty nineteen twenty twenty season. He played in four games last season. This oh, season, I don't remember him no, la- last oh, season, gotcha. like the the pandemic shortened season. Gotcha. This season, I'm, I'm talking. Well, I guess you say last season now because we're moving into a new league year. Uh, he did not. He has not played. He's played four games since the end of the 2019-2020 season.
0: I was trying to get his bubble stats. I can't find him. Um, he went absolutely. I can, I can pull this up in the. I like. I legitimately think he averaged like 28 points a game in the bubble. TJ Warren in the bubble. Oh my lord! I would, I would be intrigued. I would definitely be intrigued.
1: In the bubble, he averaged 31 points per game. There you go.
0: Yeah, I knew it was something absolutely insane. Like 57
1: that. from the field, 52 from three.
0: Oh my god, man! So, do I want Michael Jordan? Um, yeah, yes. I'm gonna go, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a yeah.
1: Um, even, even the playoffs that year against Miami in the first round, they got swept, but he scored twenty two, fourteen,
0: twenty-three, twenty-one. He's a pure scorer. I'm a but- big T J Warren guy. I think he's he's just a bucket. Like he's um you know, he kinda has to start. Um I love you know, he's got underrated size, um, at six eight. He's you know, he's the type of dude who can play the three, uh probably more more slotted for the three than the four. Um that would be super interesting as a Harrison Barnes replacement if they were to, to swing a move that doesn't get them a three. I, I think I would really like T.J. – especially a T.J. Warren uh, – um, what's the guy? Uh, Ken, Ke- I always want to call him Kenneth Murray. I don't know why. <laughs> Keegan Murray. Uh, I love those two together. I think that would be awesome. Um, yeah. And he's 28 years old.
1: He's only 28. If, if he's healthy, he'll be 29 coming in next season, but still that's, that's <laughs> younger than Harrison Barnes at this point. Mm-hmm. If, if he's healthy – I'm on board. Mm-hmm. If he's healthy I'm on board. And how do we know if he's healthy? Maybe the Kings have to watch him go through a workout. I'm not sure what they do with those precautions, but uh I've always liked TJ Warren. Mm-hmm. Um especially in Phoenix where he became TJ Warren, 20 <laughs> points per game, uh 18 points per game, 20 in Indiana before he got hurt. He he's been he's been good as long as he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. So um again, probably got on a prove-it contract. I don't feel comfortable giving him the mid-level exception, but
0: I would I think I would.
1: You would. Yeah. So far I haven't said there's one name on here I'm comfortable giving them the mid level. And I feel like if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Porter. But for Warren, I'm intrigued. I just I'm afraid to give someone ten million when they haven't played in like two years.
0: I would be a lot more willing to give TJ Warren ten mil than Otto Porter. That's like fair. a three year, thirty year or thirty three year thirty million dollar contract for TJ Warren, I would be through the moon.
1: Paying him ten mil when he's thirty one two thirty one thirty one.
0: Harrison Barnes.
1: Harrison Barnes has been playing though every game. Stop the Harrison Barnes hate. It's just facts. When they trade him, you're gonna you're going It just
0: have... depends what they trade him for. But All it's, right. it's more just yeah, whatever. So
1: yeah. I'm gonna guess you love it for TJ Warren.
0: Uh yeah. Yeah.
1: You want to give him the mid level, so you have to love it. Yeah. I like it, <laughs> but I'm afraid. Uh last three. Kings and shooting. So, not a point guard by any means. He's a point guard, but he's on a point point guard. You uh, can call him a shooting guard, too. I think he's probably a shooting, more of a shooting guard now at this point in his career. Bryn Forbes, who, again, I, I think it's kind of redundant if the Kings do have uh, Terrence Davis, if they do keep Dante DiVincenzo. But if the Kings look to, to... if they're Let's say if the Kings were a trade for John Collins and they renounce DiVincenzo, I could see them going after Bryn Forbes as like a cheaper replacement.
0: Yeah, sure. Why not? Like, yeah, if he makes the biannual or something like that, or uh, what? What has his contract been in the past? He,
1: Bryn Forbes has made. He's never made more than three million. Yeah. Last year he made well. Last year until last year he made four point five million.
0: I would be perfectly fine giving Bryn Forbes five six million dollars. He's an like an unreal shooter. Uh, That's the only thing I really know about him. I think that's all there is. You're totally right. He is. That's all there is. Um, which would be concerning. I don't think he's a point guard. Uh, let me see his shooting... St- oh, yeah. I mean, he's been f- over 40% uh, for the past two years. For, for his career, 41%. Absolutely. I think the Kings could absolutely use a guy like this, an efficient guy like this. Um, he
1: shot 45%
0: for Milwaukee and then won the
1: championship from three.
0: Pretty decent. Um, for sure, defensively is where he would he would struggle, but... Uh, you know, I think that's ideally where you have a him and Davion Mitchell pairing and uh, off, off the bench. I would absolutely love that.
1: Kind of like he's like a Patty Mills presence almost. And we're like. also
0: looking. I'm looking at his numbers here. Only played 28 minutes. 28 minutes a game is the most he played in San Antonio in 2018. But this is a guy who's used to playing around 20 minutes and has pretty consistently been around eight to 10 points and 40 percent from three. So um, you know exactly what you're going to get. In the role that he's given, Agreed. Sign uh, me up for for that, I'll, I'm gonna say I like it. I think I would love it. I think I would. Wow. I think I would love it if they sign him to a small contract, like the buyout. Maybe four.
1: Maybe two. Two for eight. Yeah. Why not? Two for eight. I like it. I'll, I'll, I would talk myself into it for sure. Two left. Golden State Warriors legend. My 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 old boss Corey, big Warriors fan, thinks that Kevon Looney is a top. Thinks. 14, 15 warrior of all time. How would you feel about... He's kind, of, he's kind of serious about it, too. Yeah, I think he's serious about it. Uh, top 15 warrior of all time, Kevon Looney. Would you like to see Kevon Looney become a Sacramento King?
0: Um, The way the roster is currently constructed, no. But I do like the idea of Kevon Looney uh, at the right price and with the right minutes. But I just think with... I mean, we kind of went over it earlier. There's kind of a logjam at center already. And uh, I think... Signing Kevon Looney would probably not be that, helpful for it's, that it, equation.
1: It's the same thing we talked about with I think, Mo Bamba or yeah, exactly. even even Damian Jones. We have a logjam. They need to figure out what they're doing with Alex Land. They need to figure out what they're going to do with with Damian Kata, Jones. With Damian Kata, Jones, Rashawn. If Sean. again things would ha- <laughs> things would have to now the Kings haven't linked to Looney. There was a report mm-hmm. that the Kings were interested Early, in yeah. Looney. Uh, so the, they they probably are going to I kick would say kick the tires for sure. Kick the tires, but. Uh, his rebounding was incredible in the playoffs. Only twenty six. He just turned twenty six, which I'm kind of in, I'm amazed. I think does he he's won every no three rings with the Warriors, three rings because he took over after um, Zely mm-hmm. left. Shut off so, Vessis. Shut off Like we talk about him all the time. Uh, what Jesuit? Bad for you, but UBA you College. That's so what I'm talking about. YC. YC. Uh, I'm gonna go and. Eh. Just like eh, we have a log gamut a
0: log yeah. gamut center. It's eh, He's not gonna. He he's a very the definition of a role guy, um, and uh, yeah, he's just he's he's not gonna really make or break the the team or the season. Will Hardy, yeah,
1: new head coach of the Jazz. Yep. A, a Kings candidate that yep. didn't make it.
0: Yep. So we'll see how that works. I out. I think this is the fourth person in the Kings coaching search to get a, a job. Yep. It's uh, obviously Mike Brown, Darvin Ham, Darvin Ham. Now, uh, Kenny Atkinson.
1: Kenny Atkinson. Uh, then he yeah. said,
0: Psych. Uh, and I'm, uh, I'm not going to be here. Uh, will Hardy. Congratulations. Congratulations.
1: Uh, that just happened. This broke, yep. if you're listening. Uh, last one, on, what we said, we said eh on Cavalloni, right? Yes. Last one. And this is a fun one. I am fully on board and would love it. Not for the mid level. It probably will take the mid level. But DeLon Wright. <laughs> I think I think I think the Kings should have kept Delon Wright to begin with. He was huge for, for Atlanta. He was huge for Atlanta in the playoffs. He can he can literally play three positions. Mm-hmm. He can guard three positions. He can shoot the basketball. He can play make. He was really good for the Kings on the, the closing stretch uh, two years ago. Um, I think if the Kings want to kind of bring in a true utility guy, like kind of like a baseball player, like how this yeah. guy can play like multiple, like you know, Delon Wright can play center field and go play first or second. Mm-hmm. This guy can can play point guard, he can play shooting guard. He was primarily a shooting guard last season. Shot 38% from the field, or 38% from three, excuse me, 45% from the field. Um, his defense, steal and a half, almost. I, I just am big on him. I'm, I'm a DeLon Wright stand. So for that, I say I love it. Not for the mid-level, which will probably take it. Um. So, yeah. How do you feel?
0: Yeah, I would say... um. I'm eh on it. I I think uh, I do like Delon Wright For everything you said, I think he's a utility guy. I just don't know if the Kings are the best roster for him. Shut your mouth. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just think they, I think ideally if you're going to take, um, a backup point guard, I would like somebody who's a little bit more playmaker minded, which I, I is again, like is something DeLon can do, but, um, He's he's almost too versatile. The Kings need people who are. He's too good, man. He's too good at everything. Uh, yeah. I'm 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 eh. I would say yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think that's fair. I mean, I I again the player I really like. um,
1: If the King, if there's a scenario again, that's another scenario where they'd have to make a big deal for a forward and have to rena- probably mm. renounce Dante and have to fill a guard spot. Because mm. then you have Davion probably would be your starting two, maybe. I don't know. So Interesting. That's all I got, though, for my list. We can probably do, I mean,
0: again... I've got a couple guys I want to throw at you. Okay. Uh, and we'll just do rapid fire here. The Martin Twins. We will not differentiate because who the hell knows which one's which. But how do you they, feel about the idea of the Martin Twins? One of them. Real quick,
1: Carmichael Dave with a bomb. The Kings remain engaged in Atlanta's John Collins. Uh, okay, I think that kind of goes without saying. But anyways, <laughs> uh, the Morris Twins. I would love a Morris No, not twin. Morris. Martin. Oh, Martin. Morris Twins, I would love. Morris Twins, i love. love. Yeah. Uh, isn't Cody Martin? James is very big
0: on the Martins. Isn't Cody Martin the better Martin? Like I said, we're not going to differentiate because I can <laughs> literally I, I, I can't cannot tell. tell you the difference. I cannot tell the difference. Uh, I just know that they're both. I mean, they're both like. Are they not, both free agents? Point, yeah, I believe so. Uh, I think one's res- yes. Yeah, one's restricted. One is unrestricted.
1: Caleb uh, Cody Martin is a free
0: agent. He had a very good year. Yeah,
1: and Caleb Martin also. Yeah, gonna be a. F- one was on the Heat, Free agent. one was on the Hornets. Dude, I know. Caleb Martin was making He was the worst one, and then he ended up being, becoming the better one. He made 500 k last year. Mm. Uh, he was big for, for Miami. Yeah. Miami. They both are three-point shooters. They both are Nevada Wolfpack alumnus. Absolutely, yeah.
0: That was a great team with the must bus That was,
1: with the must Uh I would love it. I, I think that was a name... I should have probably throw that on here. Thank you for bringing that up. But that's a name that I think someone had on their list. I can't remember who it was. Probably James. James like, probably James has been James, talking about yeah. them
0: for for a really long time. Um, and I I really like. I would say both of them. I would in between like and love either either brother. Yeah. Either
1: brother as a as a backup small forward would be great. They're just really smart, really good shooters. I'm, I'm, I'd be absolutely. Done I would for love it. it. And I think that they probably both would only take the biannual. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would take the mid level.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, another name out here for you. How do you feel about this? Is one that I'm very big on, and this is like my galaxy brain, Joshua Kogi. Joshua Kogi, are they gonna let him go? Are uh- he, I believe, is a r- unrestricted free agent. He is unrestricted. Um, the thing here, you ready for this? This is why I'm really. Ex- I think that this is a possibility. Okay. Team Nigeria's own. Ooh. Joshua Kogi. Mike Brown experience with Mike Brown uh, is a guy that has really struggled. I think the last, I don't think it was just last season. I think it's like been a season and a half of struggling, Um, but his rookie year, Josh Akogi was a really, really interesting piece for Minnesota Uh, is a defensive first, which I love. He's a, he's a wing guy, long wingspan. I think he's like six, seven Uh, can play the two, the three, probably not move up to the four, but um, a great defender, and it's kind of a developmental project a little bit. You know, you hope that he can maybe learn to shoot and uh maybe just with Mike Brown kind of is comfortable with the situation and, and Mike kind of knows the player. So um that would be my hope there. How do you feel?
1: I am very much into it. Okay, he was a very like his defensive presence was notable uh those first couple of years. He did kind of fall out of the rotation the last year or two. Obviously Minnesota's kind of reemerging as, as a player in the West, but uh sorry, the, six
0: the, four. I thought he was a lot taller. than
1: that. I did too. I thought he was like six seven. But the Kings need guys like that. The Kings need guys like Joshua Kogi. Uh, there is a the Nigeria connection with with Mike Brown, Jordy Fernandez, the, the guys in the coaching staff. So I'm in. I'm, I, w- I would go like it, like it slash love it.
0: This is the guy. This is my number one option, uh, and I I can't I can't explain it. But uh, how do you feel about Bruce Brown? I feel like
1: they will. I feel like he'll want to stay in Brooklyn. But I would obviously be – be, I would love it if the Kings could get Bruce Brown. I like what he brought for them last year. Obviously, with all the injuries they had and, and things that went wrong for Brooklyn last year, it was kind of almost a lost season for them. Well, de- definitely a lost season for them because of uh, getting swept in the first round. But uh, 50% from the field, 40 from three. Wow, he shot 40% from th- 40 I from
0: three. would have never guessed he shot 40% from three. Then absolutely sign me 40 up. 40 from, from, from three. Round. And over a steal per game. So – I wasn't even thinking about his offense as the reason why he's necessary. I mean, that's a guy who legitimately can play two through four, uh, almost yeah. like Draymond Green, he, he, like a pocket Draymond.
1: He's listed as point, small forward, and shooting guard. So he's literally like, like the DeLon Wright or, or Draymond Green. Yeah, he can yeah. play around all over the board.
0: I would absolutely love that. I'm not entirely sure how well he would fit, but um, I would just love to see it.
1: He made 4.7. He would be someone that for sure would probably need the, the mid-level.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I Kings, really don't the know. Kings overpay.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, all these things we talk about are nice if we're like a regular NBA team, but.
0: Sorry, what is that? Sorry, <laughs> the Kings did <can> overpay. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what was that? Uh, apparently, uh, Galen Maxwell got sentenced to 20 years in prison. That's it. I guess that's actually not that long of a time, all things considered. Is it not? Uh, I mean. I I wasn't the biggest like Epstein, you know, deep into the Epstein trials, but she pretty much just like brought him his victims. She should probably go a little longer. She's probably than, yeah. she should yeah. probably go longer than twenty
1: years. Yeah, probably probably should go like probably should go. like bury her under the prison. Probably should go under the prison. Yeah, yeah. probably should yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Free agency starts on Thursday. Uh, Any, and anything big happens, we'll, we'll we will for sure be all over it. Uh, hop on. Might even. Yeah, I was like, we might even hop on a couple uh, more times this week.
1: We'll be in Las Vegas.
0: We will be next in Las week. Vegas.
1: And if things happen in Vegas. We need to figure out how we're going to record in Vegas. They're going to stay in Vegas. We might have to go um, in like separate rooms or something and record like with our microphones. Like, yeah, oh, who
0: knows? Um, I have an restful. audio interface. Maybe I can plug two mics in. I'll I'll try and figure that. I'll out. I'll bring my before. mic just in case, yeah. but we'll figure it out. But we'll be
1: we'll be making content, getting some video. I'll be writing, covering the games on Saturday and Sunday, the first two games. Uh, we'll be in Vegas, probably uh, definitely being on our best behavior. Absolutely, best behavior, uh, and hope we, Montana McNair. Is on his best behavior this week. <laughs> things will begin on Thursday at three. We probably will wait until something happens
0: to yeah. report again. Yeah, I would say so. We at have, least like a, a well. If there's a good whisper, we will come on.
1: And we do have player breakdowns still. Yes. We haven't forgot about those and the redrafts. Yes. It's just this is kind of like the fun part of the off season yeah. where things. There say- will
0: be dead portions where yeah that stuff that kind of stuff will be necessary. Probably
1: in like late July, early August. Yeah. We're just going to be pumping out yeah. the breakdowns and yeah, from late July redrafts. to September. It's good to holster those for now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Anyways, yeah, we're do- we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing okay. We know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Carson Daly's sleep advice could save your relationship. Should we read it? I'm going to go with no. Okay. I'm
0: going to say I don't really want I don't Daly really want to
1: care about. I met Carson Daly one time. He was very strange. Really. He's a very puffy face.
0: Well, the more he Uh I'm sorry for the random Carson Daly stray, but um, damn, you know, it's the kind of thing you get this deep into the podcast. Um, do you have any any? Uh, ooh. it's tough. Oof, it's a puffy. It's a puffy face. It's plastic. Plastic surgery probably gone wrong. Yeah, no thanks.
1: Do you have any what? Uh, do you have anything else that we missed on? Um, Trey Lyles is. Back, at least under contract, Dante is going to be a free agent literally in less than 48 hours. Uh, no, I mean, let's buckle up and get some moves going. This is what we wanted, right? Nothing, hap- nothing happened on draft night. Yep. The Kings need to make moves. This is the time to make them. And I would imagine that they'll move pretty quick. I mean, again, just a guess. I don't think it's going to be a drawn-out process. Um, I think that Monty's been pretty calculated, and he's going to make some moves pretty quick here.
0: I, I definitely hope so because uh time is of the essence we need to get this wrapped up and i need to know what this team looks like for frankie cardicelli i am chris Quadkins. thank you all for listening so much again be on the lookout for extra content be on the lookout for frankie's article later today on what is it again? just uh the, what we talked about what the kings need to address this offseason gotcha in uh, writing yes uh i already did the outro uh bye bye